Welcome to the Big Mike Fun Podcast, where you learn about advanced wealth building strategies from real estate investing to creating massive ROI and secure retirement profits. So pour yourself a cup of coffee, grab a notepad, and lean in. Because Big Mike has got the life starting now. Welcome to the Big Mike Fun Podcast. I'm the Big Mike. Mike Zlatnik. And today it is my pleasure and a privilege to welcome my really good friend, Jack Bosch. Hi, Jack. Hey, Mike. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Jack is a brother from the Collective Genius Mastermind. We've known each other for many, many years. He is a great educator. He is... Um, a land flipper. He's done land flipping and, and educated folks how to buy and sell land for many years. He's got a great multifamily business too. He's a great family man. He travels a lot with his family. So before we jump into business, would you tell us a little bit about where you live, your family? Let's start there and then we'll jump into what you do in real estate. Sounds good. Sounds good. I'm excited to be here. So yeah, so my name is Jack Bosch and live in the Phoenix, Arizona area um, in a part of Phoenix called Paradise Valley, which is basically close to Scottsdale, Arizona, and uh, lived there for 24 years, I realized already. So I, I guess I like the heat and uh, married. Uh, my wife is my business partner. She's the co-founder of all our businesses. And in some cases, she's the CEO. In some cases, I'm the CEO. And, um, and we have a 15-year-old daughter. Uh, who actually, as of uh, a couple of months ago, started in our coaching program, also buying and selling land. So I'm very excited to build, bringing up a young entrepreneur here too. Yeah, that's wonderful. God bless. You have a wonderful family and wonderful spouse that, that's your partner in the business. That's awesome to have. And your daughter that wants to learn. My oldest started to, my, my second oldest my, <laughs> started to learn a little bit about real estate too. So it's always awesome. great to in, involve your kids in your business. So uh, in yeah. Phoenix, yeah, nice and hot. Uh, so how did you get into land flipping? How did you get into land investing? Yeah, so um, originally, just like you, I'm not from the United States. I'm from Germany. And I came in 1997 on a student exchange program to finish my college degree, to finish a master's here. And uh, three weeks into it, I, I, I met uh, my wife now. We are married 22 years now. And uh, she... Uh, and we decided to, she's not from here either. She's from Honduras, Central America. So we decided to stay here and get that job, right? So so finished college, got a job at a software company doing uh, software implementation. Now, I want to add to that that I'm not a software person. I'm not a mathematician. I probably got solid C's and D's in math. Uh, but uh, somehow I... I got, um, I had a little bit of experience in that field because in Germany, I, where I, I had worked in a similar company, um, working my way up there while being in college. And so that was enough job experience to get that one job. I applied to like 20 different jobs. I got one only job offering. And that was the one I needed because over the next five and a half years, that one also actually got uh, me or us in this case, in the process, we got married and and added my wife to my uh, to my green card application. Uh, I got the green card in that process. But about two two years into that, I very quickly realized that real estate uh, that well now that the software development, software implementation, consulting world is really not what I want to do in life. And um, and I I really realized that being an employee is not what I wanted to do in life. So I started, we started looking around and through a long process of trial and error, uh, error, we came across real estate and through an even longer process, it took a full three years for us to really figure out what we wanted to do in, 
in this entrepreneurial world and, and in real estate, we found uh, we stumbled into uh, and developed a method of land flipping, which is basically like wholesaling houses, except for there's no house on it, which makes the entire process much, much simpler. So we started wholesaling land. We started picking up land for 10, 20 cents on a dollar and selling it for 60 cents on a dollar. And then these are low price pieces of land, usually below 100, even or below $50,000. So the first deal was worth like $10,000 and we got it for five, 400 bucks. And then we sold it for $4,000. But then there's also deals that we bought for, that we put on a contract for $40,000 and then sold for $120. Or a deal we put on a contract for $90 and sold for $200,000 um, $200, and so on. So basically, you make the same or better money than the house flippers do just without the house, without having, actually having to see the property, without uh, having without touching it. So we did not we did not remove anything on it. We did not clear the land. We did not... Uh, subdivide. Well, sometimes we split the land and sold them in pieces, but but it's basically just simple wholesaling of these properties, and we started making money with that enough to quit our job, enough to um, travel, enough to. Uh, I mean, it took us eighteen months to become a millionaire after after we figured this out. That's awesome. Uh, uh, so, thank you for sharing your entrepreneur in your heart and and discovering this early enough uh, was a great blessing. And then yeah. uh, land as a uh, as a piece of real estate to invest in or to flip makes a lot of sense. Land actually flipping, like you said, is easier than house flipping. You don't have to deal with the renovations, repairs, inspections, all that stuff. So from that perspective, yeah. it also doesn't depreciate from that from that point of view. So well, that's uh, that's actually that's actually one of the reasons we then also started multifamily investing because. When you're in an active income, well, really for two reasons, because when you're in an active investment method, you're producing active income. So the moment you stop flipping houses, I mean, whatever, the moment you stop flipping or selling something actively, your income stops, right? Now, given we had also started doing a lot of self-financing, and I know you're, you're funding a couple of guys, friends of us in the industry that do that too, um, and... We've done a lot of self-financing. We build our self-financing into the six figures a month. But um, but even those at some point of time end. And that's when we, over time, we started realizing that, well, we're going to live another bunch bunch more decades, right? We were, I was 37 by the time we had basically uh, put this all, actually, was I 37? I don't remember. It was 2004. I actually was 34 years old by the time we were in the, in the seven figures for this business. And uh, I was 35 at the time. We're in the eight figures on this business. And uh, we realized, well, I'm going to probably live another 50 years. I don't know if I want to flip, 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 flip for 50 years. Let's start putting the money we're making into something that then has a longer time horizon. In some cases, we have now some multifamily properties that the holding horizon is like forever, really, because they're in good locations. They're good properties. We, they're fully upgraded. And, and we're going to hold them probably at least 20 years, I would think. Um, and, and, and so it's become a hybrid on it. But we use cat. We was land flipping as our cash machine and as our first cash flow machine. Yeah, I appreciate that wisdom. And actually, a great nugget from the point of view that whatever the operating business you have, first of all, it can be volatile, right? Could be up and down. If the business is doing well, you're generating a lot of profit and cash. And if uh, the economy turns or your business turns and things slow down, of course, your income level is uh, can drop. 
So un- unpredictability of business is is a, a little bit of a concern. And the fact that you yeah. can sell land on seller financing is a very powerful tool, but it builds years of cash flow. You may not get all the immediate income. You're basically spreading the income over the years. It's like uh, building a portfolio. But let me go back to the other point you made, that you decided to uh, invest the proceeds from effectively uh, transactional business in, in the year time horizon. Uh, where the location is right uh, makes a lot of sense. I mean, this is real estate 101, location, 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 and obviously getting the assets um, hopefully at the right price with the right strategy. So it, it makes a lot of sense that uh, I, what, what, what I like to call it is you go from transactional income generation to more of a wealth building exercise, long-term yeah. wealth building. It's a very different goals and very different objective. So let, let's let's continue so. your journey. Um, uh, I, I assume you you continue to do your own land flips. You launched an educational platform, so you educate a lot yeah. of folks how yeah. to do it. And then yeah, we we, we started two thousand. Oh, go ahead, please. Yes, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, and you ventured into uh, multifamily assets, and I assume most of your investments are sort of your neck of the woods. Although the question I'll ask is if you've gone into other markets, and uh, <laughs> it's I, it's have. a yes, painful question. Yes, no, we have, and we are actually doing well in those markets. But, uh, but yeah, I can walk you through it quickly. So basically, we started in 2002, we figured out our method. And uh, so we started flipping land uh, and uh, started making money. By 2003, the, the green card arrived. And we were finally free. We were finally could quit that job. And by that time, so we basically treated our land flipping business as plan B, and with the goal of making it plan A. Because again, remember, uh, and, and you know that uh, when coming here, you don't automatically get a green card. You don't automatically get a work permit. You don't get automatically this. My work permit was tied to that company. So the moment that company would have fired me, I would have lost my ability to stay in the United States. I would have had 60 days to find another job or I would have had to leave the country. So um, it was really urgent because in the technology world, 2000, 2001, 2002, there was a big recession. The big dot-com dot bubble burst, uh, the first round of that happened. And and, and, and this company I worked for let, let go of a lot of people. So there was a lot of urgency behind us, which really made us uh, work hard and uh, and work through the nights and so on to, to find that spot. But then finally, 2003 came around, the green card arrived in June or so, June or September, June or August, uh, June or July of 2003, that, that green card arrived. And by October 2003, I had quit my job. I, I, I had nowhere to go because I had, we had this business started. So I basically went to my boss and said, hey, uh, how long do you need me still to help you finish up this project? Because I didn't want to burn any bridges. And, uh, and he says, like, hey, if you stay with us for another six weeks, we're good. So I stayed the six weeks and to finish this project and, and then basically left in really good terms and, uh, and, and, and lived happily ever after. So then we built this up to an eight-figure land flipping business within a matter of like two years, two, three years. We actually for a while did uh, our exit strategy became large land auctions. And that was actually a fun kind of thing because we, we basically rented a convention center. We, we bought 250 properties in a matter of three months. And then we would sell them all in one day. So we would put up a big auction, big advertising, six figures advertising, uh, like billboards, radio, television, newspaper advertising, put about 800 to 1200 people in a room and sell these properties all in one day. That was really great and really, really profitable. But then 2008 happened. And in 2008, what happened is obviously as we went into 2007 and eight, we continued doing these auctions and 
people would just not show up for these auctions anymore. People were starting to not to turn their backs to real estate. And in that moment, we that this concept just didn't work anymore. So we could still buy the properties, but we would have to sell them like much, much cheaper and mostly on seller financing. And that was all fine, but but the, the margins were just eroded and, and, and it became more and more expensive. At the beginning, we had to spend $120,000 in advertising. In 2008, we had to spend $250,000 in advertising to, to get a third of the amount of people into the room. So at that point, we basically pulled the plug from that concept and we took our entire land flipping strategy online. So the purchase process continued to work. Because guess what? When real estate was in down, when it says when the market prices came down and and there was blood on the streets and everyone lost and people lost their houses, guess what? People needed money, so they sold their pieces of land even cheaper to us than before. But the selling method of the big land auctions wasn't working anymore, so we needed to figure a different way to sell these properties. And at that point, it was just perfect timing because at that point, almost. Prior to that, people still had, and nowadays people forget that, people still had dial-up internet lines at home. They still had AOL with a plug-in and the boop, 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 boop this kind of stuff happening. <laughs> like, you remember that, right? Yeah. And, uh, and, and and it took like chick, 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 20 seconds for a page to load. And in about, around 2008, people started, well, first of all, the iPhone was out. People started to do more on their phones. People, uh, people, most people had high-speed internet access and people started buying massively stuff online. Now it's also normal, but it wasn't back then. And, and at that moment, people, we realized that to platforms like eBay, which doesn't work that well anymore, but, uh, but and, and, and other, other different websites, we could actually put these properties on websites for free and sell them to uh, nationwide, internationally, even to any kind of buyer at a at, at a basically almost a zero marketing cost. So we would put our properties on today. We put them on Facebook Marketplace. Uh, back then, we would put them on Z on eBay. We put them on Zillow. We would uh, not Zillow didn't exist yet. We were on on Craigslist and so on. And people would pick up these properties. So instead of selling 250 properties a quarter, we would sell 50 properties a month, one by one. Jim, we let, actually me, let, me ask, uh, let me ask a quick question. Were you buying, yes. again, these, these properties um, where in Phoenix area or are they all over the map? Or, or they're they're not... all over. We have done deals in 17 states and, and, and over 100 different counties. Uh, typically, we buy properties in three kinds of areas, either infill lots in the city uh, or what we call the path. second group is the path of growth, which is the area outside, like a, a range of like 30 to 50 miles outside of a larger city. And uh, or larger acreage in more rural recreational areas. There's also coincidentally with that, over the last, particularly over the last 10, 15 years, there's been a huge move towards uh, living off the land again, uh, living off the grid. I mean, there's Facebook groups with over 400,000 members of people that are looking for an off the grid piece of land that they can homestead on, that they can have chickens and have cows and and and, and all these kind of like things on there. Yet they still want internet access. They still want uh, uh, electricity and so on. So this off the grid living has developed a lot uh, and it's being really supported right now with a lot of things like uh, what is Elon Musk's uh, satellite internet company, um, Skylink, I think it's called. Uh, with Skylink, you can now have internet almost everywhere. Solar is now affordable enough that you can have uh, electricity in, in remote places. Uh, you drill a well, you have uh, you have water, you're good, right? You're yeah. good. So, uh, so bottom line is these are the three kinds of properties we typically flip. And um, 
And yeah, so, so 2008 came along and we started realizing that our business model did not stop working. As a matter of fact, it worked just as well. Margins were down, of course, we were not unaffected by that. Instead of buying them, instead of buying a property for $10,000 and selling it, selling it for 50, we would now buy it for five and sell it for 25. So our margins were instead of $40,000, they're $20,000, but that's still a pretty good margin. You can still make a living with it, a very good one even. And at that point, when I, I attended like some local real estate events, and I realized that everyone was just dying. People were losing their shirts. Everything was, there was blood on the street and, and we had not really lost anything. Our margins went down, but we, we just shifted our model from big land auctions to, uh, to online selling and it kept going as it did. And at that moment, we realized that we needed to teach this because there's, there was nobody in the world doing this other than perhaps five guys around the United States. We all knew each other um, or, and, and that's it. Yet there's thousands of house flippers in every single market. So we we ended up starting our educational company, Land Profit Generator, um, right there in 2008 and uh, with a big product launch with a home study course. And then we added coaching and all this kind of things. And now we are the largest land flipping coaching company in the United States. And not just the largest, but by far the one that is most successful with having created over a thousand millionaires already and on a quest to create 10,000 millionaires out there. Wow, that's a remarkable journey. Uh, that's a that's a great accomplishment and a lot of people they figure out something that works they either do a lot of it and then they don't teach others or uh they go to teach and they don't they don't flip so at this point do you still do some flipping or you mostly morphed into kind of educational business and your students and your uh coaching students and and home take home course students are they the folks that are doing actual flips i'm just curious if you're still no. practicing flips no no we we're, we're... Of course, we're still we're still practicing. I wouldn't be ever comfortable uh, teaching this without practicing it myself. Uh, we're still practicing it. We currently have about a hundred properties that we're that we have on the market selling, and we also sometimes again we actually gone back to now occasionally doing land auctions. Just we're doing them online, and uh, we're cooperating with online platforms, and we run some advertising to it, and then we sell like thirty to fifty properties in a matter of like a few hours on a Saturday morning. And uh, you don't get the same prices and, and so on, but uh, but it's still a nice way to flush out a bunch of properties uh, if and when you want to. And uh, and then also, again, my daughter, my 15-year-old daughter now is in our coaching program. And so she, I'm helping her implement her business. That's, a, that's something really amazing to do because... Uh, Having it's like we have coaching students, of course, and 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 I coach one on one occasionally. I've, I've actually uh, mainly running the company now, and we have sixteen coaches that coach. They're all product of our coaching program. They all succeeded dramatically, like like most people do, but, but they have succeeded at a level that they now make like half a million dollars in income. And 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 they came back, some of them, and said like, "Hey, if you ever need a coach, I would love to to also." help the next generation up and help the next generation succeed. So as we expanded our business, uh, I've started coaching less. And um, and now we have 16 coaches that coach. And obviously, they get compensated for it too. But uh, they coach really from the love of their heart of uh, bringing the next generation up. And, and so as I'm coaching now my daughter, and I'm seeing 
her 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 way of looking it's it's like brings me back to 20 years ago of, of doing this again and but yeah we do deals ourselves we do them on ongoing um we're doing ongoing and we uh, but I'm spending majority, but now it's systematized. We have an acquisition manager. We have a disposition people. We have marketing people. We have we have a team in place. And really all I do is I set the pricing and I decide what to offer on these properties when we make offers. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So you do, you do and you teach, which is not f- frequent. Uh, a lot of folks either become professors or they become uh, people who actually do. So it's great. And having 16 coaches, you've, you've got a pretty big empire, uh, this educational empire. I guess you've, 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 you've touched on a lot of people. You continue to do that. Is there enough product out there? I'm just curious. Um, because, uh, it feels like you, the volume folks we work with, uh, discount lots guys, they do significant volume too. And there are a number of other folks out there who do this. And oh, yeah. uh, I guess is the U.S. big enough or maybe folks do this outside of the U.S.? They go other countries. Well, the reason why, let me ask the second part of the question first, uh, answer. Um, the reason why it works so well in the United States is that, number one, I'm really perhaps answering both questions together, is that there's, I think, seven times as much land as there is houses out here. So they're land parcels. There's seven times as many land parcels as there is houses here. At the same time, there's probably for every 100 house flippers, there's one land flipper. So so therefore, we really are looking at a 700 times less competition in the land flipping area as the house flipping area. And heck, even if my numbers are wrong and if it's only 70 times less competition, it's still ridiculously amount of less competition. So does it mean that, that, uh, so with that said, yes, there's other people teaching this. Most of them actually are students and they are uh, now reteaching it too. Um, So, I mean, uh, so I I always say, I like to say, yeah, the people can learn from the student or they can learn from the master, but, uh, but, but (laughs) bottom line is like, there's people still teaching us, there's students coming to the market, uh, but we haven't really even scratched the surface of what's possible in land flipping. Uh, because also, I mean, one thing is that land flipping is, is is obviously work like everything else, but it's so much simpler than most other uh, real estate methods out there that uh, a lot of people use it as an entry point into real estate. That doesn't mean they automatically stick with land flipping forever. Like just like we have added multifamily, and actually, here's here's the thing to continue my story. In 2009, we added single families because earlier you were asking, do we do we have portfolios in different markets and so on? Yes, we do because we started in 2009. So I hope I answered your question. So uh, yes, yes, there's plenty of space, there's plenty of lots, and yes, there's people doing this now, uh, hundreds or even a few thousand people in the U.S. doing this. But compared to house flipping, it's still nothing. But now back to the thing is, why do we do like? But but land flippers come in and they often do now, you know, guys, like uh in even in CG, there's there's a student of mine, for example, that has come in, they've made seven hundred thousand dollars in the first year land flipping in our coaching program, and now they're building houses. And they don't do land flips anymore. Well, why is that? Well, because they did they knew nothing about real estate when they started. So they came across this, they fell in love with it, they're great, they're doing this, but as they then advanced. They have a so much better understanding of all other real estate because it's still real estate. So they over time, they're like, you know, they're progressing into other areas. 
So not everyone stays with everything, just like not every house flipper stays a house flipper forever. Some house flippers become multifamily guys. Some house flippers become uh, self-storage guys. Some house flippers um, buy, buy, use their profits to buy 20, 30 houses and then retire. So there's always an in and out of the industry in that sense. Does it make sense? Yeah, it's a great uh, way to put it. Uh, evolution, right? Folks yeah. evolve. They start with a land flipping business, simple, easy to understand, and that's a doorway into their real estate journey. And, exactly and your journey right. led you into multifamily. So now let's kind of go into multifamily investing. Um, so, what, so yes, what do you like? Right. What do you particularly like in multifamily? Uh, what markets you're investing in? Uh, what are you looking for? What is an exciting deal for you in multifamily and how things are different now versus a couple of years ago? We're recording this in well, July 2023. Things are a little a little different now than a year or two ago. So just curious are. what are your thoughts? So the so so what I like has changed in the last year dramatically. Right. So when we started out 2000 and uh whatever, 2009, we bought single families. So we bought a portfolio of single families in Phoenix. Then as the prices started creeping up in Phoenix, we went and bought a portfolio of single families in Cleveland, Ohio. And then after, uh, and then we bought a portfolio of single families in Omaha, Nebraska. And why those markets? Because I have relationships to the mastermind that we both belong to and of, of people there that were able to get them for me, rehab them for me, uh, rent them for me, and then just pass them on to a property management company. So then I basically treated them like a remote portfolio and the truth is, of my portfolio in Cleveland, I have only seen one of these 20-something houses that we bought over there. It wasn't a big portfolio, a smaller portfolio, but uh, I've seen one of them because just after a while, when you have a trust relationship with somebody, you know that this person, uh, you, you know that the next deal is good. I saw the pictures, I saw all the data, but you know that that you can trust that person and then the next deal comes in. So they bought them for us. Uh, in the meantime, now we have sold most of the ones in Cleveland. We keep our portfolio in Phoenix. But the reason I'm mentioning it is that by learning how to manage a portfolio at a distance of Cleveland, by manage, learning how to manage a portfolio in, in Omaha, and then even my portfolio of rental houses in Phoenix, many of them I haven't seen for 10 years. I've actually not even driven by for 10 years. And... Uh, so that taught us to, 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 to manage portfolios of real estate at a distance successfully. So after doing that, we then started thinking, well, if we can manage portfolio of, small, of, multi, of single families, we should be able to also manage a portfolio of multifamily uh, or a multifamily property remotely. So when we started getting to multifamily, we did not look in Phoenix, which was a mistake in aftermath because obviously Phoenix prices exploded afterwards. But we started looking for uh, value-add deals in the lower, let's say, like 5 to $10 million range because we couldn't qualify for more. And so we bought 93 units in Louisiana. We bought 90 units in North Carolina. We bought 146 units in Oklahoma City. And um, out of those, uh, two out of three of those, we have exited already. And, uh, we, and, and, and one, we're keeping long-term. But now that the market has changed because it's in a stable market, it was a great purchase. It was a it's a great cash flow property. Uh, it has gone up in value substantially, but it's it's just like it's a 99% economic occupancy and has been at 99% economic occupancy for the last three, four or five years. It's just uh, it, it, it's the easiest to manage property ever. So with that said, what we the other ones were like more um, 
buy, optimize, and go uh, soft value ads, optimize, and then resell again. And now we, 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 but we no longer look in those markets. I'm not in Oklahoma City anymore. I'm not in Louisiana, too many hurricanes. I'm not in, uh, I'm not in, in any other markets. I'm not in the tertiary markets. We left all tertiary and secondary mar tertiary markets. And right now we're only looking at a couple of markets in Florida and a couple of markets in, uh, and, and basically Phoenix, Arizona. That's the only two markets we're currently active in. I'm not even looking in Texas, very simply, even though Texas is like this number one growth state, very simply because insurance cost has gone so freaking through the roof in some of these markets that it's that it's not even funny. Like it's it makes it to me even a little bit too unpredictable versus insurance cost in Phoenix, but prices are high in Phoenix. But Phoenix has a 40 year history of adding between 50 and 75,000 people a year to the metro area, 40 year history. So this is not stopping right now. As a matter of fact, the macro factors right now uh, that drive their land and real estate industry uh, actually have accelerated with people working from home. Uh, more people can move where they want to. And one thing about Phoenix, it's 110 degrees in summer, but starting September 15th or October 1st, all the way till the end of May, it is paradise. So people come here for those nine months of the year, and they come here for Phoenix Open, for the Super Bowl this year, for things. And Super Bowl was 72 degrees on February 10th or 12th, whenever it was. So they're they're coming, that they're experiencing this. They're coming from wherever they're coming from. And they're like, oh, my God, I want to move here. And a lot do. So we're getting this pressure on, on the real estate market with 75,000 people moving here. And at the same time, Phoenix is one of the few, or Arizona is one of the few states in the nation with no natural disasters. So we have no earthquakes, we have no hurricanes, we have no tornadoes, we have no floodings, we have none of that stuff. As a result, my property tax bill on 45 units, which is a small deal we bought last year, is something like, well, my, my insurance bill is something like $10,000 a year. My insurance bill on 57 units in Tampa is something like $80,000 a year. So it, the, the numbers, of course, that is reflected in the price. But from a predictability point of view, many markets, particularly like Texas, Oklahoma, uh, Louisiana are 100% unpredictable in in the insurance rates, and Phoenix is very predictable. They're just there's no reason for them to go through the roof because nothing happens here. Jack, thanks for that uh, great clarification. Uh, we, we certainly not all, all of us, but many folks are aware of what's happening in the insurance industry, and it's been absolutely brutal. Uh, the insurance cost growth has been absolutely staggering in many markets, like you mentioned, yeah. uh, such as uh, high-risk markets, Florida, uh, Louisiana, anything that has, that has a risk of natural disasters has been a... Uh, and insurance companies have been vultures, and I, I can't put it any other way. They have some yeah. events that they pay out, and then they, they push the rates up like there is no tomorrow. And so my question is, why even bothering to look in florida if you have a great thing going in phoenix you know the market you know it, uh what to do how to do how to find deals it's almost like if you figure out something that works just do more of that and do it of course the prices are high but you're you're, you're dealing with a market that 
um, you're comfortable. You're like a fish in the water in that market. And when you go into other markets, exactly Florida, you don't know what to do because the insurance can can double in two or three years, and your your net operating income can drop as a result. And yeah, some of these ratios are just obscene: ten thousand dollars for forty five doors and eighty thousand dollars for the same asset, which is yeah. a lot of volatility. I agree, but uh, I we we do look at Florida just also because of the demographic migration patterns. Uh, so it's just harder to find deals over there, even harder than in Phoenix, because uh, because there is you have to you have to conservatively underwrite those things. I mean, we had a conversation just recently where we talked about how some underwrite some some uh, syndicators out there still underwriting like like like. COVID or like 2002 or the interest rates raise has never happened. It's like crazy. So we underwrite ourselves out of a lot of deals because we're just not willing to take those risks. But we're still looking because if I can put enough reserves and put enough of a buffer for the insurance, even in like worst case scenario of a doubling over the next few, few years uh, into the books and the deal still pencils out and I and I can get a deal like that, then, then it's still worth getting it there. And for example, we particularly in Florida like Tampa, because for some reason or the other, hurricanes always seem to go around it. They come into Florida, they come into Miami like every three weeks, right? They come, they go to Orlando, um, but then they come over, or they go right away into into the um, into the uh, into the Louisiana area and Texas area. But they very extremely rarely go into the Tampa area. At least historically, we analyzed it. So so Tampa is kind of the market we like to. I like to be Tampa is also a market that has uh, it's a very solid market. It gets about 30,000 people moving there every single year and also has a, a decade long pattern. So basically, we, we like those markets for those matter for those for those uh, fundamentals. But obviously, we're underwriting Florida substantially different than we're underwriting Phoenix from the insurance point of view. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. This is a great uh, episode. We're probably going to have to do a follow up episode. But for this one, we, we, we have to, uh, all good things must come to an end. And so does this episode. So how would folks um, get a hold of you if they want to learn more about land flipping or just uh, your coaching programs or um, anything else you talked about? What's the best way sure. to reach out? Yeah, if they want, if you want to hear about what we do on the land flipping and coaching side, you can simply go to land profit fun, like fun, like having fun, like F-U-N. Um, I don't have a fund, so therefore it's without the D. So landprofitfun.com, uh, like having fun. And uh, if you want to learn more about multifamily or things like that, you can go to orbitinvestments.com, orbitinvestments.com. And you can also follow me. I mean, I have a podcast. It's called The Jack Bosch Show. Uh, with Bosch is B-O-S-C-H, like the washer, dryer, spark, spark uh, plugs, power tools. And um, I also... Uh, I'm I'm pretty prominent on social media media lately, so you can search for me on Instagram at Jack Bosch and TikTok on Jack Bosch and uh, and and Facebook also as Jack Bosch. Thank you, Jack, so much for coming on a podcast, sharing, providing a lot of wisdom, a little bit of your history, and a lot of great nuggets. We'll have to do episode number two soon enough, but for for for, for today, thank you, uh, appreciate you, and enjoy uh, the hot summer in in Phoenix. Stay indoors. Thank you very much. Cool. Yeah, we're heading out here soon, out to going out to Hawaii. Right. Enjoy. Thank you for listening to the Big Mike Fun Podcast. To receive your copy of Mike's How to Choose a Smart Real Estate Fun Book, head to BigMikeFun.com or visit Amazon and type Mike's slot name.
Keep listening and keep investing Big Mike style. See you on the next episode.